Welcome to the GPS Podcast, the golf performance show designed to help you get from where you are to where you want to be in your journey with golf. I'm your host, Trey Carpenter, and each week I will bring in guests who can inspire and motivate you to take your next step in golf. Follow or subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast so you can get new episodes each week. Without further ado, let me introduce this week's guest. This week's guest is the 2021 Colorado PGA Teacher of the Year, uh, former Hank Haney, or I guess all the time Hank Haney disciple. Um, <laughs> we got connected this summer um, through a junior golfer and have gotten to know each other a little bit. So excited to welcome Leighton Smith to today's podcast. Thanks, Trake. Excited to be here, man. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, so like I said, Leighton and I connected this summer, um, don't know each other real well, so I'm excited to kind of dive in and, and learn more about his background and, and kind of his path to where he is now, um, you know, as a PGA teacher of the year in Colorado. So Leighton, maybe just share a little bit of kind of, you know, how'd you get into golf and kind of what's that journey look like over the years for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I have a little bit of a unique story. I started golf pretty late comparatively to my peers, but uh I was a junior in high school at the time, and I was pretty into football and lacrosse. And in Colorado, football and golf are played in the same season in the fall. Um, so I picked it up in the summer um, going into my junior year. And I had a neighbor on my street who played, and I picked it up, played with him a few times. I was like, I freaking love this game. And so pretty quickly, I, I gave up football, which was like a, a big life choice for me at the time because I was going after that. But uh, yeah, got into it and played really well kind of off the bat, um, enough to kind of get me on the varsity my, my senior year. And from there, went right into, uh, in Colorado Springs, we have a PGA golf management program. Uh, so I joined that program at UCCS and kind of the rest is history from there. That's where I got into the competitive plan and obviously into the, the teaching and coaching side as well. Yeah, awesome. So, so talk a little bit more about like, you obviously love golf, right? Like what made you, what made you want to teach? What is it about golf that's kind of kept you engaged over the years? Yeah, I love that question um, because for me, it's, it's really easy. And that's what I love about meeting other golf professionals or well, just anybody in the industry and what gets you in it. And for me, uh, it wasn't necessarily a day one thing, but I, I'm a relational guy. I love meeting people. I love getting to know people's goals, uh, whether it's golf or not. And I just, found that through playing golf you know and, and being obviously kind of leading myself into the industry it's just this game is all about conversation and whether it's competitive and you're, you're having a beer or a drink after the round or whether it's just you're playing and you're both talking through the the pros and cons of the game or, or your work week or school or whatever it is so right off the bat just what golf provides kind of gave me this platform just to start my coaching career and I remember on one of the first days of class at uh, University of Colorado, our, our pro at the time, or our director was Ed Kelbo, who he's since passed, but he was a legend. And I remember him just asking people the first day, it's like, raise your hand if you want to be a head professional. And like 70% of the class raise their hand. And, you know, raise your hand if you want to be a general manager and club fitting, yada, yada, yada. And I remember like, I just, I had, I had no idea at that point, but I just never raised my hand. And then he kind of got to the end and he's like, Layton, you never raised your hand. I was like, I don't want to do any of that. I was like, I love business, but I only want to teach. It's all I want to do. And I was the only guy in the class that, that way, which I remember at the time, I'm like, 
maybe I have this all wrong, but little, you know, little did I know, you know, 10 years later, I, I'd be teaching and self-employed. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I had a brief stint working in a pro shop, and they always say if you want to play golf, don't get into working in the golf business, right? So, how how often do you get to play now? And kind of what's that look like? Do you still get to play competitively? Like, how's that been over the years for you? Yeah, love it. And again, back to back to that program, and as you, you nailed it on the head, I remember just whether it's mentors or alumni from this program, are like, hey, you know, you're working in the shop, you're not going to want to play and. Fortunately, I have a couple of friends here locally in Colorado Springs who are professionals as well. And we all said, we don't want to be that guy. We don't want to be 40, 50 year old, 50 year old and just be wiped out on the game and say, Hey, we never play. So right now I have two young kids at home and that's definitely shifted my priority. But in the summer, the, the grind of summer, I'm not playing all that much. Definitely, you know, a couple of times a month or get out and play with a client, but in the shoulder seasons, which we're in right now, I love fall golf. So, I mean, I'm, I'm swinging as much as possible. And I, I value, especially as a coach, you know, I have to kind of be sharp. I have to be able to control the ball flight. Um, I believe in always being really good with a wedge uh, just because if I blow some drives, right, you know, that's one thing, but if, if I can recover and, and scrap for par as a, as a teacher and a coach, that's valuable. So I, I believe in kind of keeping a sharp craft and, uh, I love to play and I, I don't, I can't see myself ever going weeks or months without touching a club, like some of my peers for sure. Yeah. That, that's awesome. So who's been, or, you know, maybe a couple people that have been inspirational or really helpful and kind of your, your path as a teacher that you've learned from over the years. Yeah. Um, another great question. So a few, I would say, you know, I started my career teaching with Hank Haney. Um, at the time, it was the Hank Haney International Junior Golf Academy, and that was my first. I I taught kind of all through college, and you know had internships and whatnot. But being able to just experience how quickly he could you know help someone control their ball flight. Um, at that time, he had just finished coaching Tiger Woods, so he was hot on the scene. But that was huge, just from a kind of a, a philosophy standpoint. You know, I had no philosophy at that point in my career. And since have built it, I'd imagine it'll continue to change. But he was the first one who just told me, like, you know, positions are basically one thing, but everyone's going to swing it a different way. And if if they're hitting a low hook, how do you how do you get it high moving to the right? Basically doing the opposite. So that was uh, and still is inspirational. And this day and age in social media, um, like it's allowed me to connect with a few people and just even see how they teach and coach. Chris Como being one, Boyd Summerhays. Um, I just love to follow those guys if, if anyone out there hasn't followed them yet. But yeah, I think that that's the neat thing is I have a few people here in town in Colorado who I admire teaching wise, but the social media world, I mean, George Gankis is a perfect example. Like, you know, that influence in that world. And if you're good at your game, you know, what that can, where that can take you. So definitely a little bit of everything for that question. Yeah, totally. It's, you know, over the years, social media has made the world smaller and we have so much information that we can access. Right. And like, I can learn from people that I would have never been able to otherwise learn from, right? Like you and I probably wouldn't be sitting on this podcast via zoom right now, having been connected if it weren't for the pandemic, right? Like everything kind of happens for a reason and, you know, you can either embrace it or you can pout about it um, and and figure out ways to make it better. So um, again, appreciate you joining today. So let's talk a little bit more about kind of your, your business. You've got this, um, 
kind of brand known as the tribe. Maybe talk about the tribe um, and kind of how you've come up with your your philosophy and, and made it yours and, and what's that look like right now? Yeah, again, um, and it's just a privilege to be on the show with you. But for me, I knew when I wanted to teach and I'd obviously seen it done a lot of different ways at the academy with Hank Caney or other guys doing private lessons. And there's so many ways to do it. And I don't necessarily think my way is the best way. But I remember early on in my career when I wasn't self-employed, just thinking like, there's got to like seeing, you know, tidbits, just as I'm sure you or anyone has in their respective fields of, man, I love that concept or I, I don't love that. I, I don't want to be that guy. But for me, it came, I had an aha moment. Um, there's a company now it's, it's grown, but it's called Orange Theory Fitness. And have you heard of that? Yeah. Yeah. So at the time when they came out, you know, it was really, it was really new. Not many people had heard. I was still working uh, for the local first tee at the time. I was their director and I went into this place to, to try to get a workout in. And I, I went in and they were like, Hey, what's your goals? Um, you know, how many times a week do you want to get in here and work out? You know, what's just tell us like where you're at and where do you want to be? And I was like, Holy cow. Like that, that was awesome. And I joined and if anyone I just wanted here, to work out today and then I got like all this, yeah. If anyone in there has been to orange theory, shout out to them because it's like, it was kind of motivational. Right. And like, literally that night I have, I have like a journal I like I started just journaling out I'm like thinking how can I take that experience and what I felt and then I I basically worked out with them all the way up until the pandemic when gyms closed but like it was a process so all this is while I was still working for another organization but I was just coming up with this plan and I was still teaching adults a lot of juniors but I was like it was just hour at a time you know they pay me x amount they get an hour they can text me when they want another lesson. And it was fine. Um, status quo for any other pro in the area, it seemed. But I remember, like, I, in 2017, I was chatting with my wife about quitting my job and starting this coaching business. And coaching is the key word there, not just golf pro. Uh, but the tribe is built around that experience that I had at Orange Theory. And it's, it's process driven. And what I mean by that, it's, meeting people with where, where they are at the moment. Um, so the tribe is for people who are dedicated to the process or to improving. So for some people that's getting to, to college golf, it's winning a club championship. For some people, it's breaking 90, breaking 100. I, I don't even care where they're at. Um, it's more about why are they even calling me? And I think that's why I've had a little bit of traction in the last couple of years just within the Colorado PGA is because if someone calls me, I'm not like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm 125 an hour. Um, let me know, you know, and I think that's the experience that people get. I'm like, why, you know, why, why do you even want to pay a hundred dollars for a golf lesson? Like I'll do it, but what, why do you want to do that? And if I do it with you, it's kind of like a verbal contract. Like if I do, you know, allow you to pay me type thing, why, why are you going to do that? What are you going to do to back it up? Are you going to practice? Is this just to plan a corporate outing? Is this to, see how good you are. And I think that by me genuinely caring for these people, it gets them motivated. And that's what I felt at Orange Theory. So based off that, yeah, I, I have a junior tribe and an adult tribe. And the whole idea behind it is I'm going to see them kind of a ballpark of eight or nine hours in a month. And it's not always privately. And the point with that is, as you know, I'm sure it's like in a private lesson, uh, coaching session, 
I'll I'll hit on key points in their swing and techniques that they need to improve. And and that's well worth an hourly hourly rate for these people. But for the people in the tribe, they're like, no, I want to get good. I want to win or I want to beat my buddies, whoever it is. And so the the game changer there is then I have these supervised practices where the clients will show up um, just kind of a hodgepodge of a schedule. They pick certain times of the week and like Orange Theory, they're showing up. There's other people there working out. So it's not group instruction, but everyone's on their own performance plan. And when they show up, I tell them, like, what's your goal today? Because it's like, hey, I'm ready to grind. Then we're grinding. We're going to work on it. They're going to sweat. And if they're like, dude, it's been a rough day. Like, I just need to enjoy this. Then I'll buy them a beer. I'll sit down. I'll have a Gatorade, whatever it is. And it's more about that experience. So they leave, like, getting what they felt like they needed. And as my coach, it's a responsibility to kind of manage that. If I need to push them more and grind through some technical stuff, or if I need to, which you would appreciate, I'm sure, kind of get into the performance side of things, less technical, you know, managing mental game, all of that is definitely what I incorporate. So that's what I think that makes the tribe a little bit unique. Um, and I, I love it. And I just try to improve it, honestly, every week. Yeah, there, there are a lot of things in there. I think I could, we could probably have a long conversation on, and we have before. Um, and a lot of my business model has been inspired by you too, right? And like being a former college coach, the one thing we would always talk about is like, for most of you, this is your last opportunity to be on a team and what that connection brings and like the days where I don't feel like doing it and I've got eight or nine teammates who are going to have to do it with me. Like, it's kind of a parallel to what you're doing now, right? And I think that's why so many people enjoy it because like, this person is here doing this together with me and we may be on a different journey, but we're kind of after the same things and you learn from each other. And like you said, the relationship aspect of golf and everything, right? Like I don't just want to be that person who like someone's just paying me an hourly fee to talk. Right. Yep. Like, and, and I get that same vibe from you, right? It's like, if you really want to improve, it takes some sort of commitment over an extended amount of time. And depending on where you want to go, it's going to look different for everyone. Right. But I Absolutely. think, the, like you said, the fact that you've taken the time to build out a model that works for someone, no matter where they want to go, right? Like, that's the key to unlocking success. Like you and I talked about, if you want to run a marathon, what do you start doing? You start running every day. If you want to start <laughs> right. getting stronger, you start lifting every day. If you want to get better at golf, you see a golf coach eight or nine hours <laughs> a month, right? It's not yep. this like, and maybe there's some people that that's just what they want. They want to, you know, quick little tip, give me a couple things to straighten out my driver, whatever. But it's like, if you really want to get some enjoyment out of the game, like let's just sit down and have a conversation about what you want and let's both commit to this thing together. And like, I can help you. Right. And, I love it. And it was funny. Like it didn't dawn on me until I had a couple of conversations with people like yourself where I'm like, I'm building out my own business. Like it's basically what I did in college golf, right? Like I need to get to know you. We need to have spaced repetition. We need to spend full days together. Like you said, yep. getting into the performance side, not just standing on a tee and, tinkering with the physical parts of our swing like there's so much that goes into you know improving and getting better and I think it's a super cool model that you've built and it sounds like it, you know it allows you some time to to you know play with your young kids and spend time with family and um, you know have the kind of lifestyle you want and play golf and connect with people right and um, so hopefully kind of hearing your story is inspiring for someone else who's like man I just kind of feel like I'm stuck right like there's got to be a, a a better way to do this. And, um, you know, I think it's just a matter of kind of taking the leap like you did. And like, let's, let's think there's other people doing it and take bits and pieces that I like and just kind of make this thing mine and, and jump. Right. 
Um, I love so it. I appreciate you uh, kind of sharing sharing some of that. I think there's great insights, whether you're trying to get better in golf, you know, what's that really look like, whether you're a teacher and I'm like, man, my T-sheet's full, but I'm not getting what I want out of life, right? Like people just show up, they pay me and they leave. Like I want to get to know them, like you said, like right. see them a couple of times a week. So uh, appreciate you sharing all that. Before we wrap up and let you go, let's talk a little golf shop, a quick Ryder Cup preview. Um, who are you taking this week? I'm, I'm definitely going to go with the red, white, and blue. You know, I, I, with all the hype coming up, you know, the Brooks controversy, obviously the, the, the record in years past is, is favoring on Europe side. But I think the, the biggest thing is, like, we're on, we're on home, home turf here. We have some phenomenal players. Obviously, both sides are going to this year, but but I'm feeling it. There, there's some hype in there. I'm I'm never going to bet against Old Glory. What were your uh, What were your thoughts on the captain's pick? There's a lot of people that wanted Kevin and Kevin. Where are you at on the captain's picks? Yeah, yeah, I know it was it was funny to to see a lot of hype there too. I think that regardless of a captain's pick, there's always going to be alternates or who should have gotten the spot. I'm good with it. I, I thought I was maybe a little bit shocked, but I think that the team's solid in that, you know, Steve Stricker was, he's smart enough to know the team dynamic and manage that. He's already got a lot with Brooks and Bryson. And so I, I think it's, it's good. I don't, I don't have any regrets about it. Um, and I think, I think they can show up. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go U.S. in a landslide. I feel like so many things I saw the Europeans came out in the, in the Packers garb. Uh, for the practice round today to, to try to get some fans on their side. And like you said, with all the Brooks and Bryce and stuff, I feel like everyone's just almost trying to give an excuse for the U S this year of why it's not going to happen. And I feel <laughs> yeah. like in years past, it's kind of been a little bit of the, a little bit of the opposite. So I'm going to go us in a landslide this year. And I was someone who was pretty outspoken. I was a big Kevin Kisner fan. Like I just oh, okay. feel like that guy just embraces what the Ryder cup is like, and, you know, I think a lot of people blasted Brooks for his comments this week on how different it is. And, and I think I took that at, you know, from my seat of that was an opportunity for us to learn of like what someone who does it at the highest level, how much they value their routine and how much they get into that every week. And like, like that's their process. Right. And when you throw them for a curve, like it's a big deal. Right. And I took it as more of that as Brooks, like, Oh, I don't want to be part of the team, you know? So, but when it comes right. to Kevin Kisner, I'm like, that guy's all in, like, yeah, he's a no guy doubt. I feel like just he'll tee it up anywhere, any, any time. Like, right. Yep. Like he's, he's out there playing the radar. Yeah. He's out there playing with Riggs and Frankie. Like he'll show up on a Ryder cup and like be ready to go. Right. So, and yeah, if he's no not like about it. great teammate. So yeah, looking forward oh, yeah. to it. I got some, uh, got some time carved out to watch, um, Heck this yeah, weekend. Man. So excited for that. But, um, Leighton really, really appreciate you, uh, joining us today and, and sharing a little bit more about your journey and, hopefully inspired and helping someone else that's on a similar path um, to kind of take the next step or, or think outside the box. So appreciate you joining us and uh, we'll drop some more information about Leighton in the show notes. So you guys can check out the, uh, the tribe and, and what he's up to. So Leighton appreciate it and uh, take care and best of luck with the kid on the way. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And congrats on launching the podcast. Look forward to all the future episodes. Awesome. Appreciate it. Take care. See you, man. Thank you for listening to this week's GPS podcast. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with someone you know who would benefit from listening as well. Remember, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, we'll go together.